T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Red Sox Review, and it starts right now. Here's your host, Cooper Boardman, on WEEI. I'll start with a question. How much do you really want to review (laughs) as the Red Sox fall again? 10-1 tonight against the Miami Marlins. Welcome back. We are here once again at Fenway Park. Cooper Boardman with you. Joe Braverman in our flagship studios. The number is 617-779-7937. 617-779-7937. Text line off and running as well at 379-37. Oh, boy. Uh, All right. 10-1 the final. Red Sox give up 19 hits. They have nine hits of their own, but only three of which were for extra bases. And after the first inning where it was a 3-1 ball game after Garrett Whitlock got knocked around a little bit in that opening inning, including the two-run shot basically right off the jump of this game, it ended up pretty much all Miami, not pretty much, really was all Miami down the stretch. And again, 10-1 your final score here tonight on uh, on Red Sox Review. And uh, we'll go a number of ways. We take you up until 11 p.m. here in Boston on, on WEEI and, and, and beyond. And uh, you know we will talk about Garrett Whitlock and kind of where he is at in his progression from reliever to starter to some really good outings to being able to give this team some length and then kind of the complete and utter opposite side of that coin, which is what we saw tonight, where even his worst-case scenario for a lot of the night kept his team in the game. We can talk about the defense, and certainly we will. Uh, obviously, there is a lot to be desired on a number of levels, and you know, we talked with Lou Merloni about it pregame, uh, about what it takes, but at the end of the day, the reality of it, and despite Alex Cora's impassioned pleas uh, days, or really a couple of weeks ago, it, it has been better in spurts, and then some nights, what we saw tonight, which I know when you look at the, the box score, it says zero errors. It didn't feel that way watching this game. You know, and we'll talk about that and kind of where this is at, and maybe some of the paths that could uh, that could hand the Red Sox a little something else. But uh, the place to start, man, is the offense. And and you know, Lou said this in the Nissan post game, and I, I will second this: is you know, for everything about this team, for the the struggles of the starting pitching early in the year, and by the way, outside of tonight and a couple of the games over the last week or so, it's been much better. Outside of that, and then, you know, a bullpen that's been pretty solid most of the year. They've been among the best bullpens in the American League for a good portion of this year. 
The reality is, is that when this team has hit, they have won games, and when they haven't hit, they are not capable, really, of winning games. Ten runs tonight, obviously, is one thing. It felt like everything that Miami touched turned to gold, and that's one deal. And obviously, kind of down the down the stretch, it wasn't you know the top end arms of this bullpen with the game in hand, and so that's where a, a good number of that cumulative total ends up. But this offense just has to be better. Honestly, and that is, again, the place we start tonight on Red Sox Review. We'll hear from the manager, Alex Cora, in a couple of moments um, as well, where, you know, the Red Sox go to Minnesota at the start of last week. and the first two games of that series, they put up 19 runs. It felt like everything they touched was gold. And, you know, you can look at this offense and, you know, not to not to 2022 you here. We don't need to do that. And this is this team is not that team, no matter what, you know, you may feel and no matter what. Uh, some of the tweets that I've been getting say the the reality is in 2022 the offense was never the problem this was a team that most of the year could score runs but it was a team that could not really find a way to win games outside of that and the reality is here tonight and what we've seen all year long has been if the offense is not consistent over the course of a week stretch which again is going to happen we're in late june and and for one of the first times all year long they have uh, they have not really been able to find their way for an extended period of time, but it's just really hard to win games, and you kind of feel like watching this team from basically the final uh, couple of days in Minnesota to what we saw in Chicago that you're watching the same game over and over and over again. You know, in the last six games for the Red Sox, including tonight. They have 13 runs. They're hitting 193. The, the, the slash line is 193, 288 with the on-base percentage, bad. And the slugging is well below 300. It's, they're the worst slugging team in baseball, and they have the worst OPS in baseball over the last six games. And that is a sample size that when you kind of move it out, gets better, but not a lot better, outside of those couple of games in Minnesota and the series against New York. And... It is being able to try to do it with some semblance of consistency, and it's just not happened. For me, though, what what really it is, and, and again, we're we're about to hear from from Alex Cora uh, after our, our, our break here in in a second. But for me, what it is truly is uh, about the lack of this team's identity. We'll start there. The, the identity of this team, what it has been at its offensive best, has not you know necessarily been home runs. But it has been putting the ball in play. If you at any point pulled up this team and you took a look, they have basically been, for the vast majority of this season, in the top five in baseball, whether it be one, two, or three, in in most contact uh, stats. Contact percentage, quite literally how often they hit the baseball versus how often they swing and miss. How little they strike out, how often they put it in play for hits, and so on and so on. They have been among the league's best. And this was the mantra. And the reason why I, I, I go right to this on a night like tonight is because what we heard from Alex Cora all year long was about hitting the ball forward. That has been the identity, the offensive mantra of this team from March 30-something to right here, right now. And most of the year, they have done that. It is one of the reasons why they have had so much success. This is not, uh, it's not a low slug lineup, but it's not a high slug lineup. It's not a, you know, a million home run lineup outside of Rafi and a couple of others, you know, kind of in and out. But the problem is 
they're striking out over the last six days, and it is a trend that is troubling over even even longer period of time. You know, among the league leaders, they they have sixty five. You know, you want the number sixty five Ks in the last six. That's a league lead, and and that is the place uh, where where the the problem uh, for me truly lies and so uh, again that's that's kind of the the opener tonight we got to hit a break uh when we come back though i will kind of there are a few parts of this and i think there are a a few issues that add up to what we're talking about for this team uh i see your calls we will take your calls and then we will hear of course from the manager alex cora as well so don't go anywhere we roll along tonight up until 11 p.m it's red Sox review right here on weei Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Red Sox dropped their third straight game in their series opener with the Marlins 10-1. Garrett Whitlock got the loss, only going four and two-thirds innings, allowing six runs on 11 hits. He did strike out seven. A reigning NL Cy Young winner, Sandy Alcantara, looked the part for Miami going seven innings, only allowing one earned run on six hits and striking out five. Game two of the series will take place tomorrow night. Joke Stigley, Omel Jones, Sean, and Lou for the call at, from Fenway at 710 on the Shaws and Star Market. WEI Red Sox Network Shaws perfecting the art of fresh. No starter for the Sox was announced, while the Marlins will trot out Braxton Garrett. Cooper Boardman will get everything ready with the Mass Mutual pregame show at 610. Mass Mutual Insurance Planning Investments. Some Bruins news. President Cam Neely spoke to Daily today and stated that the team is operating under the assumption that Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci will not return to the black and gold. Neely did also say they're hopeful that they will return, but will give them time for their decisions. General Manager Don Sweeney also spoke and said the team is unlikely to resign defenseman Dmitry Orloff. Other NHL news, the league released its schedule for the upcoming 2023-24 season. Opening night will feature three games on Tuesday, October 10th. The Bruins will begin their season on Wednesday, October 11th at home against the Chicago Blackhawks. And sad news out of the NFL, former quarterback Ryan Mallett has died in a drowning accident on a Florida beach. Mallett was drafted 74th by the Patriots in 2011 out of Arkansas and spent three years backing up Tom Brady before another four years in Houston and Baltimore. Mallett was 35. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEI and WEI.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Casas, the runner at third. 
Outfield around toward right for Wong and very shallow in center and right field. The runner goes the pitch. Ground ball up the middle. Wendell to his left throws to first and that's it. Marlins take game one of this series 10 to 1 the final score. Back to it on Red Sox Review. That was Sean McDonough from the Nissan Red Sox postgame show and your quest for savings at the Nissan Throw the Drive sales event. Shop your local Nissan store, NissanUSA.com today. 10-1 the final. That is a, a final call that will echo for eternity here at Fenway Park. 10 runs on 19 hits tonight for the Miami Marlins. 617-779-7937 and 379-37 on the text line. Uh, I see your calls. I just We just got Alex Cora, so I'm going to get right to that. And then the second we're done with that, it'll be a few minutes here. We'll get right to the phone lines. I know uh, there's plenty to say and plenty to get out, so we will do that. Uh, but let's get right to it here. The manager of the Boston Red Sox standing by. It's Alex Cora. Uh, what, what do you see with Whitlock and especially with I think everything they hit hard was soft and seems like they were late on fastballs and we didn't recognize that in the beginning and uh, the ball the homer was a change up it was up in the zone uh, Jazz hit a change up that cut Cover put two good swings the other way no damage but then you see Soler and uh, Segura they were off speed up in the zone, so um, good job by them. We got to be better in that aspect. You mentioned uh, before the game about some of the sloppy plays that you talked about. It seems like there were a handful tonight, too. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, we got to keep talking to them. I and mean, we talk about it today, and we did it again, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. And that's the only way we can do it. You know, we can take all the infield in the world and take ground balls like we've been doing since spring training. There's nothing new. We've been doing this from the get-go. But, you know, decisions in the game, we, we got to be smarter, you know, and uh, it's on us to keep talking and keep preaching and keep cha- uh, showing them, and hopefully, you know, we can start making better decisions out there. Talked about big picture pregame, but does 40 and 40 feel right? 40-40, for- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, no more, no less. You know, like I said, we're not great. We're not bad. You know, we are where we at. Uh, obviously, we got a long ways to go. Um, um, you know, tomorrow is a halfway uh, game of the season, right? And uh, we just got to be better, man. That's the bottom line. Uh, we got a got a lot of work to do. Is there anything you see with National League teams here? Kind of no, I mean, I think it's coincidence, I guess. Um, what do you see from the office? Um, he's really good, and you know. You can talk about his numbers and all that stuff. It's like one of the best stuff-wise in the big leagues, you know. And uh, um, early on, you know, Doogie with the – I mean, we were down 3 nothing right away. We were down, sorry. And, you know, Doogie with the good swing the other way. But that was about it, you know. And uh, he used his change-up the way he's been using it the last few years. Um, you know, he pounded the strike zone with good stuff. Uh, it's a tough stretch for the offense. Uh, you know, the, the Twins, they have good pitching. Uh, the White Sox, they have good pitching. This guy's too. So uh, we have to grind at bats. But uh, I do believe if we're going to get rolling, you know, like when we play good defense, we're, we're in, 
we win games. And uh, when we give the opposition extra 90, we don't make plays, we don't turn the old plays, we put ourselves in a bad spot. You know, our pitchers, for how good they are, uh, there's not like a swing and miss staff. And we have to make, the, uh, you know, we have to make plays. And we have to make sure uh, we limit the damage. And we didn't do it today. I will talk about it. Most, most likely is uh, Caleb. He'll, he'll open, and then we go from there. We're, I mean, we got Wink, we got Nick, we got Murph. We're in a good spot in that in that aspect. Um, the uh, house surgery was announced. Uh, do you have any? Do you have any feel for? Is there any further clarity about? He's still in the hospital, so we'll know more uh, tomorrow. We good? Thank you. Have a good night. Yeah, we're good. Uh, Alex Gore, the manager of the Boston Red Sox there, following, again, 10-1 loss tonight against the Miami Marlins. 617-779-7937, the text line at 37937. Got some thoughts on what we just heard, but um, we, we do have the phone lines open, and the phone lines are, are bopping here. So uh, let, let's get into it, and, and we'll see if your thoughts take me to my thoughts. Um, all right, let's kick it off. We have uh, Wally in Fall River. Wally, you are on the air. You get us started tonight on Red Sox Review. Yeah, what's up, Coop? Uh, it is what it is with this team. We're at the halfway point now with 40-40. We're just yo-yoing between two games on the three and four over. But uh, I don't see anything, uh, you know, that really gives me much encouragement unless uh, our slick general manager can trade Corey Kluber for uh, Sandy Alcantara, who is a true ace. But uh, you look at the offense, uh, you spout all these statistics, how good we are. But, yeah, we can't hit in the clutch. We leave a lot of men on base. We get a lot of walks. But a lot of time watching this offense, uh, Cooper's like watching paint dry. I mean, we can't move runners over. We can't get a fly ball when we net it. It's just simple things. Uh, we're not getting a, a really offense from a, a shortstop second base or first base. I mean, uh, the same way with the defense. It's, uh, sometimes it's a Swiss, Swiss cheese defense. A lot of holes, a lot of mental areas, a lot of mental areas, I should say. Uh, you look at Kike tonight with five runs down, he's trying to steal second. Everybody's wondering what's going on with him, but uh, it's just a 500 team. We can't get away from that. I don't see uh, Hein Bloom doing much at the deadline. I think he's going to just stick with what he's got. Maybe he'll unload a few pieces, but uh, I don't see this team as a playoff team. Yeah, no, and and, and here's the thing, Wally, and uh, appreciate your call. Appreciate you as always. Uh, you know, there are a couple things there. Uh, the first is I just want to say this, you know, because I, I, I I've gotten this call a few times about the runners in scoring position deal. Uh, the Red Sox are a top five team in the league in with batting average and OPS with runners in scoring position. Just for the record, on that, the biggest difference in terms of their run production is they don't hit as many home runs as all the other teams up there. So their their numbers aren't as big, if that makes sense, as the final bit of it. As for the the rest of that, I mean, you know, this is one of these, and, and you know, there was the the piece today uh, from Alex Spear of the Boston Globe, where you know he the, the let me I'll pull it up the exact quote of what he said, where he said uh, with High and Bloom, High and Bloom told him the deadline is still far enough away that we need to see what we can do between now and then. I don't think it's a secret how we play and and how we're positioned determines what we should do. That's the end of the quote there, and. You know, it's like I, I drive myself insane in these kind of mental circles about what 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 you want them to do, right? Because I can go two ways with this. 
I can say exactly what Wally just said there, which is absolutely true, which is exactly what Alex Gore just said a couple of minutes ago right here, which is we're 40 and 40, and that feels about right. We're not better than that. We're not worse than that. We've played fine ball. They play well. They play. They don't play well, right? I mean, I, it doesn't take a brain surgeon. certainly doesn't take me to tell you that. You've been sitting here watching this team all year about, you know, it, it's like sometimes, I mean, think about that Yankees series. That, that Yankees series is a week and a half ago. It's really not that long ago. And think about the quality of ball. Think about Brian Bayo on a Sunday night, all that. Well, that's great. That's awesome. That's amazing. All of the above. And then you have to sit there and you watch Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Chicago. And, you you know, even after an off day, which you hope maybe would be a little bit refreshed, you'd see a different team. It's just not here tonight. And, and you know, they're in an offensive slump that I really, you know, again, if you're going to say bottom of my heart, do I think the offense is going to continue to hit like this? I just don't see it that way. I think there are too many guys that are hitting uh, you know, generally speaking, over the course of the year, hitting well enough that, you know, two runs a game, which is what it's been now over the last six plus games, is just not really the reality of that. But, uh, you know, that's one way to go, right? And then the other way to go is the positive of it, which is you kind of look around the extra playoff spot. You know, people want to say the Red Sox are last in the division. Let me put it this way to you. Obviously, the Red Sox at this point, you know, and and Chris Martin said this in that same piece about the division. You know, High and Bloom said, I think the realities of the division make this tough because you can play well and still look that way and still and really not be in position uh, to win the division. I'm paraphrasing there. But the, if you look at the American League East, the Rays are running away with it. The Rays are the best team in baseball. They will probably finish as the, the number one overall team in the regular season in Major League Baseball. The Orioles, I think, are a legitimate, legitimate team. They're four games out for a reason. You're not 48-29 and 29 at the halfway point of this season by accident. But then you look at the two teams ahead of the Red Sox that are now at this exact moment within four games of the Sox. The Yankees at 9.5. We saw how that movie went last week. And the Blue Jays at 10.5 who are now four games over 500 in the month of June, not including tonight. Uh, or I guess that does include tonight. They lost tonight. Yeah, four over 500 in June. Those are the two teams in the bottom two wild card spots. It's Orioles, Yankees, and Blue Jays are the three wild card teams, and I recognize that there are some teams between the Red Sox and there. All of those teams, and this includes Yankees, Blue Jays, uh, the Astros are in that conversation, the Mariners in that conversation. I promise you, this conversation that we're having right now about the Red Sox is basically being had in all of those cities about the the genuine mediocrity of all of those teams in this moment, but because of the way the playoff system is now, because it's a different conversation about this team than it was a couple of years ago, it makes that decision much harder, which of course was the intent of Major League Baseball. But again, I can make it the argument both ways, and I don't think either of them are wrong, that this team you know, doesn't feel good enough the way they're playing right now and, and have not played to what the Red Sox believe their potential would be. As Alex Cora said it, no more, but certainly no less. And it makes this just kind of a head-spinning conversation. And what it means is over the next few weeks, we're going to kind of just sit here, watch this unfold, and maybe the team is going to make the decision for High and Bloom. And, uh, and it seems to be that way. Uh, okay, uh, Wally, appreciate your call. we got to keep on rolling here. 617-779-7937. Text line at 37937. I, uh, let's see, who's down on the line? We'll go to Tom. Tom in Westfield. Uh, Tom, you're on the air tonight. Welcome on Red Sox Review. Hey, Coop, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. Uh, 
Wally said a couple of things that I agreed with, but he pretty much just parroted uh, Alex Cora. Uh, exactly. Why are we stealing a base six, sure. to, six to one? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I can go back to every game the Red Sox lost. In fact, the only play I watched in tonight's game was that stolen base failure. <laughs> but I'll, I'll go you back. got the jest. Yeah, he's just terrible. I can't watch the games. My mom's 88, and she's watching. She's going crazy. Anyways, just to, to pile on on Alex Cora, the first game we lost against St. Louis, we were tied 3-3 or something in the eighth inning. Yep. Okay. And they had brought a lefty in at the beginning of that inning because we had three out of four lefties coming up. Well, the first three batters got on, and then it was um, – Duran was the fourth batter up that inning. So the first three batters got on this lefty specialist, and we tied the game, I think, or whatever. It was the eighth inning. And then uh, he pinch hits for for Duran. So the pitcher who was sucky, <laughs> who was brought in not to be sucky, they brought in a right-hander, and we ended up only scoring one run. We had second and third still with no outs, and we had one run in, we tied the game. That's bad managing. Yeah, and and Tom, you know, I got I got trouble. And then trouble the next with... night, and then the oh, next oh, night, he's got he, more. He brought, right. he brought Jansen back in. He brought Jansen back in the next night after he blew the game before, and we had Martin waiting there. So I, I can go back to every game the Red Sox lost, and I can show you where Alex Cora. He's just a bad manager. If the team doesn't hit, or if we don't throw a shutout, he, he's not a good manager. The only time he won was the year after he got caught cheating in Houston. He's done nothing since then except be suspended Well, for so, cheating. All right, and, and Tom, uh, uh, thank you for your call. Appreciate it. You know, I, I, I got trouble. On, you know, we're talking about Red Sox-Cardinals on May 12th and 13th. Totally understand. I, here's what I would say about just those particular games, and I, I don't know why on earth I'm uh, entertaining uh, May 12th on June 27th, but I'll do it anyway, is on that particular night, Kelly Jansen had, had per, probably had one of the best, probably his best outing of the season was two days previous in Atlanta, where he was hitting 98 with his cutter, and he was unbelievable, and he had a day off, and they went back to him. And, and you know what? I'm going to live and die with Kenley Jansen in the ninth. I really don't really have that big of a problem with that in that case. Uh, you know, I don't I, – I understand the frustration. And at the end of the day, at 40 and 40, uh, you know, that's – you know, you, you're going to look at the manager there. And, and again, I, I was talking about all those other teams right before you popped on, about Houston, about Seattle, about New York, about Toronto. And there are a lot of genuine questions about, uh, not maybe not in Houston, but uh, about those other managers as well. And because of the, the mediocrity of those teams uh, as well. And so to have the conversation, I understand it. Uh, there are two, my, I have two thoughts on it. One is you want it to change. I get you want it to change. I, I hear it in your voice how you want it to change. All of that, it's not going to change. He's here. And so... In my mind, it's just not really that much of a productive conversation to, to, to be talking about that. It's about how 
you know, what needs to happen within this team. You know, at the end of the day, Alex Cora can't pick up the bat and, and stand and, and give them more runs today. You know, there's really just not a lot that can be done with Sandy Alcantara. At the end of the day, and we talked about this in pregame with Lou Merloni, you, know, you can drill all the defense in the world. You don't think the Red Sox are trying to make their defense better. You know, you can do all of that. But at the end of the day, the players have to make plays. You have to go out there and, and, and live with the roster that you've been given, which takes me into the second point there where, you know, Yoshida is out tonight. This is not a roster that is is particularly built, you know, with uh, you know, a, a, with, to lose him. And again, in all these cities, you can have the same conversation. The Yankees are not built to live without Aaron Judge, and they're really not right now. Uh, you know, you can the the Astros are not really built to live without your Don Alvarez, and they're not right now, and etc. 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 The point being in all of this for, for Alex Cora is that, yeah, for every move that you know you can go through, you point to whatever you want to point to, is he's won this team a lot of games. You know, we're talking about a Red Sox roster that needs to win in the margins. This has been said from March until now, and that you know this is not this is not the Astros roster. This is not uh, you know this is certainly not the Padres roster. You know that are, they're that are heavy slug. Um, you know, it feels star-studded top to bottom. This is a Red Sox team that invested their money in a few core guys. You know, Justin Turner, Alex Verdugo, Rafi Devers, uh, and then uh, and Masataki Yoshida, and that's what the money's on. And now everybody else, they're trying to figure out how to make them the best players possible. Jaron Duran, you brought him up. You know, that's a point early in that season where they made a point not to hit him leadoff because they wanted to give him an opportunity to get his feet wet. You know, that kind of move that he's talking about in May about Jaron, you know, about them pinch hitting for Duran. Uh, you know, despite some stru- uh, despite the fact that he had been really good is about right now and that is now you've got a guy who has gone through his major league struggles and is now here performing pretty darn well and has pulled himself out of a slump but they didn't want to kill his confidence at that point and I completely understand that and you know what he's responded and delivered everything that you could ask for you know the reason why he's been so good has been in part because of that Adam Duvall you know assigning that you know, at the beginning of the year was kind of ho hum. He was, you know, didn't finish the season with the Braves last year. All of that. I mean, this is somebody who, when you talk about winning in the margins, has been among one of the best signings in Major League Baseball this year. And obviously, it's frustrating that he hasn't been healthy for for you know a, a good portion of this season. But he's when when he's been in there, he's been legitimate. Tristan Casas, the faith that they've instilled in him, and all of this. And this all takes me back. Uh, to the original point here uh, from Tom, which is I understand, but they have put Alex Cora in charge to win in the margins. The way he uses Rob Ref Snyder off the bench, the way that he makes those decisions. These are organizational choices. And so when you say you're frustrated with the way that Alex Cora is doing things or so on and so on, you're not frustrated with Alex Cora. You're frustrated with the organization. And, you know, they're, they're putting these guys in the best position possible. But at the end of the day, the organization can't go down there and take the at bats. Alex Cora can't go down there and shake more, you know, two, you know, an offense averaging two runs per game over the last you know week or so out of it. It's just not really realistic for him. And so uh, again, I, it's frustrating. A night like tonight is frustrating. The 500 ball is frustrating. The reality that this team, you know, from basically any point this year has been 500 from it is frustrating. But you know, this is the the problems we're talking about here 
are not Alex Cora's. I just I don't see it that way. I don't think the Red Sox see it that way. I don't think baseball sees it that way either. And and uh, you know uh, again, there are managers that are on significantly hotter seats for good reason. And the reality of it right now is the Red Sox are in a postseason conversation. It might not feel that way tonight. It didn't feel that way tonight. Sitting there watching, you know, Kike Hernandez try to steal that base in the defense, and then and and the ten runs and the nineteen hits and all of that. But it's true. And so to take a, a, a stick of TNT and 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 just get rid of this thing just doesn't make much sense to me. And and I again I understand the frustration. I understand the passion. I understand the call from Tom. I understand the tweets that I'm getting. I get it. We're living through it here, but it's just not really the reality of the situation. Does that mean that this team has, you know, again, a cakewalk pathway to being better? I don't know if I see it that way either, uh, but I do see it in the way that, again, th- this is a conversation, uh, not the end of an argument. And and again, we'll see. Really, the, the only deal here is that the play on the field is gonna gonna decide it. Uh, I got more on that, but I gotta get to a break, so we'll do that. Um, we'll come back. We'll we'll finish up with your phone calls, and I'll get to the text line as well. Six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven. Again, uh, thank you to Wally. Thank you to Tom. Appreciate you guys. Text line open three seven nine three seven. We're back in a moment. We will uh, talk to you on the other side, and then we'll get you set up for tomorrow as well. It's Red Sox review on Weei. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, home stretch tonight on Red Sox Review, live on WEEI. Thanks for being with us tonight. Thanks for calling. Thanks for texting. Cooper Boardman with you. Joe Braverman in our flagship studio, 617-779-7937. 617-779-7937. Text line hopping, 37937. Red Sox fall 10-1 to the Marlins tonight and uh, we've had a lot going on here this is um, the time of the night and again last moments to get your, your calls and texts in here um, you know this is if you know me this is kind of part of the program last few minutes here well I'll just hit you on, uh, on on my thoughts of it and just kind of the, the quick hits of it but uh, you know what? before we do that we got I, I see the phone line so let, let's do it uh, everyone this is the kind of night where, where we got to talk, you got to feel, you got to let the emotions out. Uh, I have done it tonight, and uh, so let, let's get to it. Um, all right, let's go to Will. Will, you are coming from the game tonight. Sorry to hear that, but uh, welcome to Red Sox Review. Uh, thanks. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, my son took me for Father's Day. Great day to college. Except you're a Red Sox fan. Their defense is atrocious. They made five extra outs they gave to the other team. It's, it's, it was sad. It was really sad. Like, overthrows at first, not thrown to the wrong base, not catching like a fly ball at the base of the wall. I mean, like, it was sad. 
Yeah, <laughs> amen. No, well said, well said. And I, uh, for happy belated Father's Day to you. I'm glad you, you got to have the dad and son moment and uh, and enjoyed it. And, and at the end of the day, no matter what the score is or no matter how frustrating the defense is, that's what it's all about. It's why I'm sitting here today. But, uh, yeah, man, like, <laughs> it's bad. And, you know, the, the reality of this is, is this, in that, you know, the offense is going to go through bad spurts. You know, right now it is ugly. Right now the two runs a game over the last, you know, six-plus games is bad. You know, there's really no way around that. That's going to happen. That's going to happen every team in baseball, whether you're the Tampa Bay Rays or the Kansas City Royals. That's a reality. But the the... The, and then the pitching side of it is the same deal, right? You're going to go through good stretches. You're going to go through bad. At the end of the day, you're going to look up. You're going to have a number. And it's for the Red Sox, it's probably going to end up somewhere in the middle, right? March, April, terrible starting pitching. June has been one of the best in baseball. And in the end, you know, that, that, that figures it, itself out somewhere uh, in the middle in all likelihood. That is not what you can control. You can make adjustments. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of, of randomness to this game. You know, that doesn't mean that you don't try, obviously, but that is that is true. What you can control is defense, and that is what is most frustrating about this in that, you know, you can drill it as many times as you'd like. You can hope for it as many times as you'd like. We can talk about it. Alex Cora was, again, and I go back to a couple of weeks ago when he walked into his press conference and he just kind of, you know, and he's not a yeller, but he, he was lit up about this defense. And it's just not really gotten that much better. You've had you know little pockets where it's been better. But the, the truth about this is that the Red Sox have built this pitching staff that is leaps and bounds better than the one it was a year ago. But they have a pitching staff that is not... It, it's not, not that they don't have good stuff, but it is not... Uh, and I mean this bullpen and starters-wise. This is not... Uh, you know, this is not the Astros and the Mariners and the Braves and those teams that just kind of feel like they have carbon copies of the same guy coming out of the bullpen that all throw a million miles an hour. The problem is the Red Sox have guys that pitch to contact and they do it very well. And if you look at the numbers, the ERA, the the, the underlying stuff, the FIP, the WHIP, all that it is good for the bullpen and for the starting pitching over the last month plus. But if you have guys that pitch to contact, you can't play defense behind them. It's going to be a really hard night. And, and, it, and the problem for the Red Sox is there have been far too many hard nights. And tonight was one of them. And that's the truth is that, that it, it's a controllable and they're not really in control of it right now. And it's, it's the one thing that, you know, at the end of the day, like we can sit here and we can say, ah, X guy needs to hit a little bit more and X guy needs to be more consistent. Oh, somebody needs to get healthy. You don't play good defense. You're just you're. I, I don't care really who you are, and I, I I made this point a few weeks ago about about defense, and I'll just I'll pull it back up because I have the the proper uh, the the actual numbers to it. But the vast majority of good teams last year found their way into the postseason, and the best the the majority of teams that were in the championship series and made genuine runs at a championship, and I, again, this feels tonight far away from that, were good defensive teams. So uh, again, that that that's just the reality of it, and and until it changes, uh, that that same call is going to happen again, and I'm just going to keep saying it because it's just the truth about it. 
even if there is a, a zero in the error column uh, here tonight. Okay, uh, that music means I got to get out of here. Uh, if I didn't get to you or uh, the text line, you can tweet at me, at Cooper K. Boardman. We can also do it tomorrow. I'm back with you pregame, 6th and all of Red Sox review as well. We'll have a lot to talk about, I presume, on a bullpen day for the Sox. Uh, but that is it for now for Joe Braverman. Big thanks to him, Doug Lane here. I'm Cooper Boardman. Good night from Fenway Park. See you tomorrow. This is Red Sox review. On WEEI. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 